From APM American Public Media, this is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. Sometime in the next few weeks, Senate Republicans and Democrats will vote to reauthorize the No Child Left Behind Act of 2001. No Child Left Behind is a law that gives the federal government the authority to spend money on K-12 schooling. The original goal of No Child Left Behind was to improve educational equity, especially for low-income students and students of color. The law holds schools and teachers accountable for student progress, and one of the ways that progress is measured is through regular standardized tests. Today, the testing provisions of No Child Left Behind remain one of its most controversial aspects. The law requires states to test students in both math and reading once a year in grades 3 through 8 and once in high school. Based on those results, schools must make what is called adequate yearly progress to meet certain goals or face penalties. On the podcast this week, we talked to two education advocates about how and when students should be tested. First, Katie Haycock, president of the Education Trust, a nonprofit group that advocates for students from low-income families and families of color. She argues that testing provides invaluable data on the achievement gap for disadvantaged students. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Delighted to be with you. The Education Trust has long supported the annual standardized testing spelled out in the No Child Left Behind law. Why is that? One of the things that we have learned over time is that kids who aren't tested end up not mattering to their schools. And because we're an organization that focuses specifically on making sure that low-income children and children of color get the uh, attention and the high expectations and support that they need to achieve at high levels. We know that um, assessment matters um, because if they're not tested, they just won't count. A report last fall by the Center for American Progress concluded that annual high-stakes testing in schools has led to a culture that just puts a premium on testing over learning, what some people call teaching to the test. What, What do you say to that? What we say about that is tests are one important measure of what kids are learning. They're not the only measure, but they happen to be the only objective measure we have at the moment. And especially at a time when states have radically raised their standards for what kids should know and be able to do, to not provide parents once a year um, a kind of objective measure on how their kids are doing on that standards is a very dangerous thing to do. One of the ideas uh, being considered as No Child Left Behind is reauthorized is to stop annual testing and instead test students every few years. What do you think of that idea? I personally think it's a very bad idea, um, and here's why. If your child is, is tested in third grade and scores far below grade level, the idea that you will not have another measure of, is my child back on track for four years, is uh, regarded by most parents as insane. Secondly, when you're trying to make a choice of what school to send your child to under current law, you actually can look at the achievement data for the entire school, for every child in the school, and you look at it disaggregated by different groups of kids. If you only assess one grade level in a school, that's all you'll see. And in many schools, that's one teacher's classroom. And the third reason is, in order to know whether a school is moving all of its different groups of kids forward, you want to be able to see, so how are the English learner students moving forward? How are our African-American students moving forward? And if you're only assessing one grade level in this school, 
those numbers are typically too small to actually even report. So for all of those reasons, we think it's a really bad idea to assess kids uh, only once per sort of grade span. But in order to take the pressure off that as being the single measure of school effectiveness, we've got to include other measures of how kids are doing as well as how well parents and kids are satisfied with the education they're getting. And that, that will you know, take some of the sort of toxic pressure off the test. Critics say of standardized testing say that the instruments themselves are kind of a, a blunt tool for really figuring out whether students are learning what they're supposed to be learning, that there ought to be other uh, types of assessments used, especially those that can really get at the competency that a student has in a given field. Uh, do you think that that's true, that, that we're relying too much on one way of assessing student achievement? Sort of yes and no. Any single test, no matter how good, is only going to give you kind of one look at student achievement. So yes, in fact, both at the school level and at the district level, you want to have sort of more measures. You want to look at students kind of every which way. That said, the ability to perform well on tests and to display one's knowledge on tests is important not just as they progress through school, but because it will determine so much of the opportunities that are available to them later in life. So, for example, you can't serve your country by joining the military if you can't pass a test called the ASVAB. And frankly, most of the kids who can't pass their state assessments can't pass that one either. But they also can't pass the employment test, the basic skills test that's given in their local employers to get even blue-collar jobs. They can't advance up the ladder in any jobs they get because advancing up the ladder is often about passing a test. Again, tests don't measure everything but every long-term research effort in this country that has looked at the relationship between tests and long-term earnings says there's a very strong relationship here. This is measuring stuff that matters to kids later on. There have been news stories over the past couple of years of parents and teachers in specific school districts essentially refusing to take standardized tests or at least rebelling against it. Do you detect a genuine trend here in parents and teachers saying that testing has gone too far? You know, when you look at the quality of tests that are administered in some states and some school districts, that's not a terribly irrational response. I mean, the good news is largely because of some sort of major investments in improving assessments of the, this new generation that's being uh, administered for the first time in most states this year. These are not any more low-level fill-in-the-bubble tests that will drag instruction down to just helping kids memorize stuff. These are much more advanced looks at what kids know and can do and how closely they're uh, being prepared for the kinds of things they need to be able to do to succeed in either college or work. So my hunch is that as parents and others see those assessments, they'll feel better about them. So it's not just anti-testing, it's anti-dumb test and anti-the test preparation that has come to dominate so many schools, not, I would argue, because of the high stakes of the law, but because of 
education administrators who frankly don't know what they're doing. As Congress considers reauthorizing No Child Left Behind, what do you think the nation's lawmakers are going to do? It's a little tough to tell right now. I am cautiously optimistic. I think what that means is continuing a requirement for annual testing, but depressurizing those assessments by allowing states to include other measures of school quality like, you know, AP and IB tests, like uh, the percent of kids taking college prep courses, and like surveys of um, what parents and students are thinking. And when those things together sort of form an accountability system for the states, then I think both parents and others will have more confidence that we've reduced their focus on test and test alone, but kept the focus on the academic skills that kids need to succeed later in life. Katie Haycock is the president of the Education Trust based in Washington, D.C. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Now we're going to speak with Monty Neal. He is the executive director of the National Center for Fair and Open Testing, an organization that is generally opposed to high-stakes standardized testing in public schools. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. So you've been fighting against standardized testing for some time. Why? It came about because of an awareness that when uh, tests were overused, there were harmful consequences to individuals and to students. So, for example, there were perfectly qualified students, particularly low-income students, women, and students of color, who could do well in college but tended to score lower on the tests. And so the tests became kind of a, a form of action against them due to biases built into the tests. When we investigated now, you know, 27, 28 years ago, on the effects of testing in the public schools, we found a lot of testing was being used to track kids, especially into low-level programs, and those kids were often uh, kids of color. Um, Or tests were the sole basis for deciding someone was gifted and talented, and those kids ended up being mostly white and few kids of color. We saw uh, graduation tests had come into place, and while there was no evidence they had improved teaching or learning, um, there was evidence that kids were being denied diplomas on the basis of those tests, and those kids, again, were disproportionately kids of color, low-income, students with disabilities, or English language learners. So, you know, and we saw some distortion effects on curriculum and instruction Um, where uh, tests were heavily publicized or used frequently. Now, the folks at Education Trust, for example, say that standardized testing is essential to creating equal education for poor and minority students, and they cite research that they say supports their argument. Why is the data not clear on this? Well, I, I think the best data we have is something called the National Assessment of Educational Progress, or NAEP. It's an independent, federally funded exam that in reading and math every other year, and they do sampling. Now, we've been tracking what happened to NAEP um, as a result of No Child Left Behind. And if you look at the actual scores, the average scores, what you see is that after No Child Left Behind really came into effect, and we used 2004 tests as the dividing line, the rate of progress slowed down compared to the previous uh, period from the mid, early to mid-90s through 2004 for African-Americans, 
for students with disabilities and for English language learners. We cannot say that testing caused this, except that's the major testing and the consequences was the major change in education from that period on. And so we think there is a likelihood that the testing actually caused it. The other half of the argument, and the one that has gotten parents across the country really, really riled up, is that it has really harmed the quality of instruction in the curriculum. We know from lots of research that the curriculum has narrowed to focus on reading and math. So kids are getting less history and less science. Arts are being cut. Second language is being cut. Gym is being cut. We heard a lot of stories of uh, schools where recess was cut. It happened to my granddaughter in a middle-class suburb in the Boston area. Um, you know, even in middle-class schools it was happening. But all of this was happening more where the test scores were low, which is to say in low-income communities, communities of color, where there's lots of, of uh, uh, recent immigrants who are still learning English. That's where the, the hit of narrowing the curriculum and more intense teaching to the test was going on. Yeah, that's been one of the other complaints about uh, No Child Left Behind, is teaching to the test, especially in places where standardized tests were originally pretty easy. Uh, But this year across the country, more and more students will be taking more rigorous tests under the thing called Common Core. Uh, Will this more rigorous testing ameliorate the problem of teaching to the test? Uh, We do not believe so. In fact, what we've seen from people's uh, independent reviews of these tests is that they remain mostly multiple choice, short answer. They have a computerized version that's called drop and drag, but it's the same low-level stuff. That, That We hear constantly from common core proponents that somehow they're now doing more testing of critical thinking. But really, it's just more confusing and more tricky most of the time, not really critical thinking. And as long as those two tests, reading and math, define education, then there's going to be huge amounts of teaching to the test and narrowing the curriculum. So in our view, the the quality is at best marginally better and maybe no better. Um, and the, the, the negative consequences of narrowing curriculum and teaching to the test um, are going to continue. So what does the National Center for Fair and Open Testing say Congress should do with No Child Left Behind since the law is essentially up on blocks and being worked on again? Yes, it is. Uh, it's seven years overdue for what they call reauthorization, reapproval, but it continues without that. What FairTest thinks that the Congress uh, should do, first off, is reduce the amount of mandated testing back to the 1994 level of once each in elementary, middle, and high school. It should then remove the punitive consequences and the lockstep actions it forced states and districts and schools to do. Those should be simply removed. What Congress then should do is tell states they need more comprehensive overviews of schools to look at the resources, whether schools in fact have adequate resources, which is often a major problem. Secondly, to make sure that the schools are focusing improvement efforts on areas known to be important in good schools and schools that show significant improvement. That includes uh, strong leadership, a good curriculum, good instruction, professional learning for the teachers, a good school climate, parent engagement, and the provision of wraparound services like, you know, 
you know, dental and eye care and social and psychological services that poor kids often aren't getting and that clearly has a negative impact on learning. Then they should, of course, yes, look at the outcomes. So they should look at the grade promotion rates where lots of kids are held back in grade. That's a bad sign about what's going on in the schools, and those kids are much more likely to end up dropping out of high school. They should look at graduation rates. Yes, they should look at the test scores in those those few grades, which will include one grade in high school. So there's many things that could be done that are being done sometimes in the U.S., often in other countries, that would lead to better outcomes. I would add that no country other than the U.S. seems to test more than essentially you know, once each in elementary, middle, and high school. But if you look at, you know, Scandinavia and Western Europe, Japan, China, they're not places that are testing every year, and they're not making decisions about teachers and schools on the basis of kids' standardized test scores. Marty Neal, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Marty Neal is executive director of the National Center for Fair and Open Testing. You can find a link to both Katie Haycock and Monty Neal's work at our website, AmericanRadioWorks.org. You'll also find podcasts there about issues in K-12 and higher education, and you can browse the archive of more than 100 documentary projects. Also, please let us know what you think of our coverage. That's AmericanRadioWorks.org. We're on Facebook at American.RadioWorks, and we're on Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from Lumina Foundation, the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, the Spencer Foundation, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM, American Public Media.